0: Well, good morning. Crawford came up to me and said, So you're just going to say, uh, Good morning. It's been good. We'll see you later. I can't even remember what you said. My, I'm so discombobulated right now. <clears throat> but uh, we really don't need to go any further, do we? Mm. He is so good. could swear the instruments were prophesying this morning. Well, before I get into my title, I, I just want to let you know that um, you you guys have already heard that um, Miss Jill and Jeannie's mama is battling cancer, and um, so for various reasons, she's decided not to proceed further with some of the treatments um and so this week uh miss jill and pastor dell made the decision they wanted to just go spend some time with her mama this week so they left uh friday morning to go spend some time with miss jill's mom and So they made it there safely. They're enjoying their time there with them, and they just wanted to send their love to you guys and and let you know that they miss you every Sunday. They're not here, but they will be back next Sunday to be with you, okay? So you know what? While we're right there, let's just pray for the family and her mama, okay? So, Father, I thank you, Lord, that you are even greater than cancer. I thank you, Lord God, that while the doctors may say one thing, Lord God, that your word says another. And so, Father, we just come against that spirit of death that would try to to take Miss Jill's mama, and we speak life over her right now in the name of Jesus. We speak the spirit of life, and we stand with your spirit of healing for her, Father. I thank you for, for your peace that surpasses all understanding to cover her and the family, Lord. I thank you for a great testimony to come forth, and I thank you for this time that they are with her to be a time of um, great fruitfulness uh, for the family. We just thank you for, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, my title today is The Spirit of the Lord is Upon Me. So do you think that God wanted to reinforce that this morning? <laughs> I'll tell you. Uh, worship was so good. His p- presence was so powerful this morning, and and I thought to myself, there's no way I'm going to be able to get up there and even say my name, let alone anything else. But uh, so what we're going to do, we're going to look at Luke um, chapter 4, verses 18 through 21. and. Jesus had just come back now. He'd just been spent 40 days in the wilderness. He'd been tempted by the enemy. And he's come back, and, and the Bible says he's come back in the power of the Spirit. And so, as his custom was, he went to the synagogue, and they handed him the book from the prophet Isaiah. And, and the Bible says he found the place where it is written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. Then he closed the book, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. And the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed upon him, fixed on him, and he began to say to them, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you already for your presence this morning. I thank you for your move this morning. I know that people have been healed, set free, and delivered already. I just thank you for that, and And as we go through your word today, Father, bring us into revelation of what it means for your spirit to be upon us, Lord God. Show us clearly who we are in you, that we might do all that you have set forth for us to accomplish. I thank you that only the truth of your word comes forth today, Lord God and that all those that are within hearing of this word, Lord God, that they will understand it as you have directed, Father. I thank you that there will be no confusion, there will be no chaos, but there will only be your Spirit. In Jesus' name. Luke chapter 4. In Luke chapter... You can be seated, I'm sorry. Uh, In Luke chapter 4... Jesus stands, and he reads boldly from the scriptures his mission. He tells us what his ministry is about and what his message is all about. He says that today the scripture is fulfilled. He rose on the third day. He, he's saying that, look, I am the fulfillment of the scripture. This that you've been reading about that's been prophesied in Isaiah, today you're seeing that come to pass. I am here. This is my message. This is what we're going forth with. He's telling him, he's boldly and unashamedly declaring that the Spirit of the Lord is upon him and that he's been anointed to preach the good news to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted, and to proclaim liberty. To bring sight to the blind. I love the way the uh, Passion Translation puts it. The Passion Translation says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, and he has anointed me to be hope. Can we use some hope in the world today? Demisha was saying it's been a rough week. It's been a rough week. I know Ms. Mart. I'm so sorry. She lost her son-in-law to COVID this week. A friend of ours, Chuck Crosby passed this week to COVID. Pastor David's worker that works with him on the pest control, his mother-in-law passed away. It's been a rough week, a lot of tears this week. The world seems like they're in a hopeless place right now. But see, we're the answer because we carry hope. And we're going to talk about that today. The mission that Jesus had, that's the same mission that we have. This is what we're supposed to be doing as a church. We're supposed to be bringing hope to people. We're supposed to be setting the captive free. We've got a message that the world needs to hear. But here's the thing. We can't, if we can't walk in it ourselves, we can't help anybody up out of it. And right now, we've got a lot of folks in the church that do not know how to walk above the circumstances of the world. We're in the world, but we're not supposed to be of the world. We're not supposed to talk the same way they talk. We're not supposed to walk the same way they walk. We're not supposed to believe the same way they believe. I'm not talking judgment. I'm not talking condemnation. I'm not talking haughtiness. We should never be any of those things. We should always walk in love and mercy, compassion, grace but we should walk differently. When Jesus was quoting this in Luke, he was quoting it out of Isaiah 61. So I want to go to Isaiah 61, and we're going to read most of that chapter. It's not a very long chapter. But I want you to see the fullness of this because what Jesus did is he reached back into the Old Testament and he pulled forward the prophecy of himself. And he pulled it forward into the New Testament. In, in Isaiah 61 verse 1, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor, he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and open and <clears throat> the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to counsel those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness. Some translations say mighty oaks. That's you. You're supposed to be called trees of righteousness, mighty oaks. The planting of the Lord that he may be glorified. And this is what we're supposed to be doing and they shall rebuild the old ruins they shall raise up the former desolations and they shall repair the ruined cities the desolations of many generations strangers shall stand and feed your flocks and your sons of and the sons of foreigners shall be your plowmen and your vine dressers But you shall be named the priests of the Lord. They shall call you the servants of our God. You shall eat the riches of the Gentiles, and in their glory you shall boast. Instead of your shame, you shall have double honor. And instead of confusion, they shall rejoice in their portion. Therefore, in their land, they shall possess double. Everlasting joy shall be theirs. That's for us. That's what we're supposed to be doing. And then, look at verse 10. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God, for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decks himself with ornaments, and as a bride adorns herself with jewels, For as the earth brings forth its bud, as the garden causes the things that are sown in, in it to spring forth, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to spring forth before all the nations. Amen? That's who we're to be. We're in a place in this world right now where it seems hopeless where it seems like everywhere you turn, some crazy decision is being made to, to put burdens upon us, to take away freedoms from us, to put fear into our hearts, no matter what front you look at. You know, we talk about, there's a teaching, if you've ever heard of it, uh, about the seven mountains of society. And I'm going to try to name them, and I'll probably miss one. All right, so but you've got arts and entertainment, you've got media, you've got government, you've got financial, you've got family, you've got religion, and you've got education. Those are the seven mountains. We should be ruling on all seven mountains. We're not ruling on any of them. It's time for the church to rise up. It's time for the church to bring the kingdom of God into this world and be the ambassadors that we are supposed to be. Now, this message may seem a little hard. I can sometimes be that way. But I'm, I don't mean it to say that the hurts and the disappointments and the heartbreaks that we have gone through in life are meaningless, and therefore you should just ignore them and get over them. All right, that's not what I'm saying. I am saying you need to get over them. I I, I I am saying that. I can't apologize for that. But I'm not trying to make light of it as though it's just some simple thing. You can just snap your fingers and, and be over it. But what I am saying is Christ provides a way, and if we are submitted completely to him, you absolutely 100% can get over it. And, and, and not necessarily get over it. I guess that, that's almost a crass way of saying it. But you can get through it. And it could build you and make you strong. And it could, it, it could steal, steal you. You know what I'm saying? Like steal you. You know, there there is this um, book I read years ago when I first got saved. I don't know if any of you have ever heard of it, but it's called Hind's Feet. On High Places. Has anybody heard that of that book? It's a great book, isn't it? It's an allegory about the Christian walk. And what it is, it comes from the scripture in Habakkuk about how he will give us hind's feet to walk on in the high places. You know, we'll, we'll be able to walk surely without losing our foot, footstep. <clears throat> and what it is, it's a book about a little girl whose name is Much Afraid. And she lives in the valley of humiliation. And she comes from the family of Fearings. That's their name, Fearings. And she's been pledged to marry her cousin, whose name is Craven Fear. But here's the thing, the little girl works for the shepherd. But the family of fearings don't like the shepherd. So it's a great disgrace to them that she would work for the shepherd. But basically the story goes on to say that one day she finally is so fed up with her circumstances and she's so over her life that she wants something different and she comes to the shepherd because she knows he lives in the high places and she asks if he could take her to the high places. And he said, "I've been—that's all I've been waiting on—is for you to ask. Let's go." And so she starts this journey to the high places, and she—he gives her two companions. And um, let me see. If, let me make sure I get this right. Her companions, I think, are um, sorrow. Hold on. I—I wrote it down because I knew I would—I would forget that. Her her companions are sorrow and suffering. That's who starts out to be her companions. But by the time she goes through all the difficult valleys and places that you have to go through to get to the high places, the shepherd had already told her, you have to have your name changed before you can go into the kingdom of love, which is where I'm taking you. That's in the high places. And so by the time they get to the high places, her, she looks and her companions have been changed to joy and peace. And her name has been changed to grace and glory. And all the shortcomings that she had have been healed. They were healed through the journey. They were healed sometimes very slightly. She found great difficulty walking through the journey at many times because of her shortcoming, but then she found as she continued to go forth, as she continued to trust the shepherd in the hard times, that she was able to navigate the hard places. And so at the end of the journey, she's in the high, high places now, in the kingdom of love, and her name is now Grace and Glory, but then the shepherd tells her. You can stay here if you want, but what I really want you to do is I want you to go back to the valley of humiliation, and I want you to show others how to come up to the high places. See, that's what we're supposed to be doing. But we can't show people the high places, and we can't show them the journey if we have stunted our growth and aborted the journey back at the foothills. We can't show them the path to where we need to go if we're going to continue playing in the valley of humiliation. See, the spirit of the Lord is upon us say that. The Spirit of the Lord, amen, now change it to me. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. You have everything you need if you know Jesus Christ to navigate the journey. And you are not much afraid anymore. You're not supposed to be living in the valley of humiliation anymore. You're not supposed to be playing around at the foothills in the fearing's camp. You've got to let some things go. We talk a lot about grace in this church, and grace is the most wonderful thing. It has so changed my life, the message of grace. It's so changed how I see the Father. And I just love him so much more. But there comes a time where you got to start dropping some things out of your life. You got to start moving towards holiness. Not because God's angry and mad at you. If you don't do all the right things, he's not. We already know that. If you've been in this church for any length of time, you already know that. God's not mad at angry at you. You don't have to check the boxes for him. You don't have to live a certain way for him to love you. But look, if you want to walk in power and victory, you cannot be playing with the devil in his playground. You give him authority in your life. Wendy and I were talking about it last night. Wendy, I love you so much. She's such an encouragement to me. But I I was, we were talking last night and I'm like, you know, sometimes there are things that we want out of our life. We wanna be delivered from things. We want to be released from things. We want things not to be so hard and we just don't understand why God has not done it yet. Why have you not done it? And you know, sometimes I think it's because God says, "I'm standing at the ready. I am ready to deliver you." But see, you're still messing around with the devil over here in that area and you've given him authority and and child that is your free will, and I can't violate your free will. Now, if you want to you turn your back on him, if you want to tell him I want nothing to do with that any longer, now I can move in a mighty way because now your free will has chosen me and not him. See, And he does it ever so subtly, guys, I'm telling you. I mean, it's not, you know, he's not going to come in, you know, here you are, got a good Christian marriage, and he's going to come in and he's, you know, going to put somebody in front of you to cheat on your spouse and you're just going to jump right off into that sin right off it. I mean, you know, it's not going to happen that way. He knows you're going to recognize that. It just comes in ever so subtly. Little girl catches your eye and she just starts telling you what a wonderful man you are, how your wife should just appreciate you so much more. Red flag right there. Got to be wise to the ways of the enemy. You got to be able to recognize it. The only reason I'm saying all this to you is because we are charged with a great mission This world of hopelessness right now will have no hope unless we, the church, rise up, step up, reach out our hand, and show them the way. And they're waiting for it. They know their lives are messed up. They know things aren't going the way they should. Look, they have a spirit in them. Deep cries to deep. Whether they realize it or not, their spirit knows that it wants to get home to the Father. And see, we have the answer to that. That one thing that they don't know that's missing, they just can't figure it out. Kind of like what Paul in the book of Acts, "Hey, I see you got a whole you guys are real religious. You got a whole bunch of gods you're worshiping here." Right? I see you got one to an unknown god. That's the one I know. Let me tell you about him. All right? Well, that's the same way that's that's us. You got this longing in your heart, nothing seems to work, you don't know what you're missing. I know what you're missing I know the one and I can show you the walk I can show you the way to him I can take your hand and go with you but here's the thing the enemy in my opinion has released just an onslaught in this world right now he has just released everything he's got Or if it's not everything he's got, it's got to be close to it, I hope. Um, But he's just released a lot. And so it's just very, very easy right now for us to start talking like the world talks. It's very easy right now to start operating in fear, start operating in hopelessness, um, start wondering, you know, wanting to be delivered. It's almost like, we okay, God, You know, I'm the damsel in distress now that's up in the tower. I really need the knight in shining armor to come and rescue me right now. And Jesus is saying, no, you're an army. There's no rescue. I'm not coming to rescue you. When I come back, you are going to be a bride without spot, wrinkle, or blemish. The world is going to know that the church is in the world because you are a mighty army that rises up, that carries my kingdom forth. We've got to change our mindset. We've got to realize that the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Not only in the good times, but especially in the dark times. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. When I step into a room, darkness flees. When I pray for somebody, they get healed. When I declare something that aligns with the word of God, it happens. Greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. We've got to rise up. We've got to rise up. We've got to see things differently. I'll tell you another story. I binge watched The Mandalorian this weekend. I like that kind of stuff. And um, But God was speaking to me through The Mandalorian because... I don't know if any of you have seen it, but <clears throat> he's got this really cool armor. You know, nothing pierces it, right? Nothing, nothing pierces this armor. But without that armor, he could be taken down in a heartbeat, you know. But he's got this armor, and he's to protect the child, and he's to get the child to a certain place because this child has the ability, I guess, to possibly bring order to the galaxies and the universe. But anyway, the thing is this. As every episode went by, there was a new battle. And the Mandalorian never once said, oh, we've got to fight this battle again. Oh, we've got these enemies. Oh, here we go. He went knowing that every step he took toward the destiny that he was given There was a battle. It did not strike him as strange or odd that there was a battle. Peter tells us, do not think it strange for the fiery trials. Expect the battles. But the thing is, God has also given us an armor that we should be putting on every morning, that we walk in. That's our attitude. Your attitude when you wake up. I am a warrior. I am in the army of the Most High God. There are going to be battles in this world, and the enemy is going to try to blind us with things and bring fear to us. But no, I walk in the name of the Most High God. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me the spirit of the Lord is upon me. See, the Mandalorian's attitude was, it doesn't matter what battles are between me and my goal, my destiny. I will fight whatever battle, knowing that I have the armor needed and I have the ability to make it through. And even if I don't, I died fighting I died going forward. For us, you know, the Bible tells us death doesn't even hold any power anymore for us. Death is just a doorway that we walk through now to be in the presence of the Father. That's all death is. For the one who's passed over into eternity to be with the Father, they're in complete joy, unspeakable and full of glory. The, peop- the, the problem with death, we're the ones that are left behind that have the problem with death. It's not the ones that step through the door. They don't have a problem. They got the prize now. You know? And so we have to rearrange our thinking. We have to to realize that we are called to rise up during these times. When times are darkest, that's when light is brightest. It doesn't take much light at all in a dark room for it to dispel the darkness. As soon as light enters the room, darkness flees. Darkness never overpowers the light. The light always dispels the darkness. Always. And you guys are the light. I am the light. We've got to stop listening to the enemy. We've got to realize that Isaiah 61, when it talks about And they shall rebuild the old ruins, in verse 4. They shall raise up the former desolations, and they shall repair the ruined cities, the desolations of many generations. The bibles they're talking about us. That's not talking about God coming back and delivering us from everything and making everything better. That's talking about us rising up and taking it back. And we can do it. We have the ability to do it. But you got to believe it. And you've got to know who you are and get it straight up here. And not that let the enemy fill you with a bunch of lies. You know, don't don't let him bring up your past. Or if he brings up your past, we were talking about this on Friday. I think. If he brings up your past, go ahead and agree with him. When he tells you, when the enemy tries to tell you, well, you know, you were a liar, you were a cheat, you were an addict you were a whatever 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 well yeah i was what's your point that's not who i am anymore i mean I, everybody knows who i was but you obviously don't know who i am you know don't don't let him bring that stuff to you and have it have any power over you you know one of my things is You know, people come to me sometimes, my family, whatever, and we got a situation, and we want to cry over the spilt milk, and I'm like, whatever, it is what it is now. Let's just deal with it. You know, you were who you were. Okay, well, we all were something. We all got a story, you know. But I want you to realize that you – Are created for a destiny. There's much power in you. We were called for a time such as this. It's the reason you were born in this generation. This is the reason why you're here right now. Because you were destined for a time such as this. And it's time to rise up. Stop agreeing with the world. Woe is me. Everything is terrible. You know, we're going to all die at any, any time now. I'm not making light of things. I'm just saying you have to reframe it. And we need to rise up and be the church that God has called us to be. <coughs> <coughs> all right, I want you all to stand up. And I want you to just say it in your loudest voice. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, and he has anointed me. Can you say it? Go ahead. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, and he has anointed me. Amen. The Spirit of Let me pray for you guys, and then you guys go out from here and change the world. All right. Father, I just thank you that the Spirit of the Lord is upon us, and you have anointed us, Lord God. And I thank you that while the enemy may think that he's got a stronghold, and while the enemy may think that he is winning this battle, he is not father god because your church is rising up your church is coming into its own and coming into its identity your church is starting to realize who she is and who you've called her to be and so father we will no longer shrink back but we will put on the armor that you have given us we will go forth as mighty warriors we will talk differently we will act differently lord god we will pray differently Lord God, we will just be different. And the world will see that the Most High God does dwell within his church. That the Most High God is alive and moving. That the Most High God is making a difference. And I thank you that your kingdom will be expanded and expanded and expanded and expanded until the light of God just completely covers the world, Lord God. And darkness doesn't even darken our doorways, Lord God. That we take that spirit of fear and we turn it around into the enemy's camp. That he's fearful whenever he sees a child of the Most High God. I just thank you, oh God. God. For all that you've done, we just love you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you all want prayer, if, some, if you didn't get prayer and anybody wants prayer, if anybody doesn't know the Lord Jesus Christ, all this stuff I've talked about mm-hmm. is only for those people who know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. If you don't Spirit know Jesus Christ. as Lord and Savior, Spirit you're not sure. Please come forward. You have a great, great destiny in front of you, and you don't want to miss it. If you need prayer for anything else, please come forward. We'll be happy to pray for you. Love you guys. You just missed